0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and well, Nikki will be here shortly. Let me tell you what's happening. We had a wonderful episode planned with two fantastic guests who we love dearly. They are regulars on the show. You've heard them before several times, and you will hear them again. But today, Nikki and I came into the live stream and started chatting about our member with our members and, and you talking about F1 and uh, all kinds of things that we normally talk about with our members. And we realized that 10 minutes had passed. And it turns out our guests weren't here. Well, there was a massive scheduling snafu, and they never really confirmed amongst themselves after they confirmed with us that they were going to be on the podcast, and they just didn't show up. They will be on again soon. Instead, we just started taking questions from the people who'd shown up to the live stream. So I thought, you know what, we've got nothing else to post this week. Anyway, why don't I just let you know, if you go to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, you can sign up for a few bucks a month, and you will get things like this, the full episode, the full conversation of what we talked about when the guest didn't show up. It was essentially an AMA Q&A, and it was fantastic and fun. And thank you to everybody who was there. And uh, I think, you know, we did some good in the world. Anyway, enjoy this little snippet. It's not the whole conversation. If you were in Patreon, you would have your very own private uh, podcast feed and you would see the entire version. The entire conversation was like 45 minutes or something. So uh, anyway, great thanks to everybody. Our thanks for rebooking the guests that you will hear again in the future. And uh, until next week, uh, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate your time and attention. And now a member snippet. All right, Coach, how do we help others transition when we suck at it?
1: Well, I think that first of all, you let your kids know that it's hard and so that it's hard for both of you. So they see you mm-hmm. modeling that this is difficult and not expecting them, not expecting it to be easy for them. So I think, uh, letting them know that it is hard. It is difficult. It's hard for mom too. Um, but this is what we need to do. And then being more clear about what, what, has to happen within the transition. Um, I think with kids, it's always good to have buy-in. So I think that it would be good to ask them like, how much time do you need? uh, Or how much of a warning Mm -hmm. do you want me to give you before we have to go do something else? is five minutes good? Is 10 minutes? Now asking a toddler or somebody that's young, that's not going to make any difference. They don't know what that is, but somebody that's older, they can say, well, can you just tell me in five minutes or something Mm -hmm. like that? But it's so that they have some kind of empowerment to it, or they have some part of the decision, I think is really helpful. Um, and I think you guys, you know, together say, yeah, we're using this alarm because I need it too. I need it just like you do. And then we're going to, you know, go outside. And so all of mm-hmm. those things that we were talking about with transition ch- treats, you share that with your kids and you do it with them. And then they see you doing it and it right. makes it more normal and understandable. There it, is it is difficult a, to uh, do uh, when,
0: when, when I, I hear I this, saying. it all it all comes back to like helping helping others around you develop their skill of efficacy, right? Self efficacy. How effective are you mm-hmm. in a um In actually moving forward toward the things that you need that, you know, are most important and need to get done. And uh, Albert Bandura was the the psychologist who came up with this sort of model of self-efficacy. And it comes from four different, according to his model, four different areas that actually create agency in in your life. Performance outcomes are the ones that positively and negatively, uh, like the experiences that we have when we're performing, when we're doing good transitions, when we do it well, those outcomes actually help reinforce us being able to do it well later. The next one is vicarious experiences. And um, vicarious experiences, it, it's all about people developing their own internal sense of a skill, whatever that skill is in this case, transitions, by watching how other people model transitions. And that's the one that's most challenging, I think, for those of us who want to help people with transitions but suck at it ourse- ourselves, right? Because we are we're struggling with it ourselves. We can't be great models when we don't feel confident doing it ourselves. But luckily, there are still two more areas in Bandura's um, you know, efficacy model. One is physiological feedback, which is... You know, I look at this where uh, like when you hear a gymnast say, hey, when I'm in the air, I have jumping around and doing all my flips. I have a great sense of spatial awareness. Like my body is giving me feedback as I'm doing something well that's reminding me, oh, I'm doing this well. And so you coach somebody to say, hey, when you make a great transition or when you're trying to learn this new thing, understand what the somatic experience is. When you've done a good transition, think about how it feels to make that transition. And are you angry or are you happy? Are you calm? And and your body will create a sense or somatic memory of that thing. And the fourth area is verbal persuasion. And that's the one where we have the most control, right? Where we get to say hey, I'm proud of you for doing that. What you just did was great, right? Creating that sort of verbal feedback that says, hey, you're doing the right thing at the right time goes a long way toward influencing what it is that um that you're trying to accomplish and uh so those four things performance outcomes vicarious experiences physiological feedback and verbal persuasion that was all part of bandura's model and uh there is this there's this one other one number 5 that a, another uh a psychiatrist came along and said as james maddox and this was in in uh you know a, a little while ago a decade ago or so and said you you also have to add creative visualization he calls them imaginal experiences where you actually are practicing doing something over and over and over again in your mind and thinking about the other four performance outcomes verbal what have you gotten through verbal persuasion how does it feel in your body to do this thing and vicarious experiences and between those five that's what goes into building self-efficacy and removing doubt in your own ability to do a thing and once you can do that once you you know once you can help somebody else feel confident even if you aren't great at it yourself if you can help them feel confident that they're chipping away at their own doubt then you can uh, you can go a long way toward helping others make change, in spite of the fact that you might suck at modeling it yourself. Okay, that's that's my. So,
1: picture. what was the reference that you used? I want to check uh, that. Book Albert
0: Bandura out. is the is the. How do you spell uh, B- uh, the B A N D U R A? And this is an old thing; it's been around forever, right? He he came up with this in 1977, and it's his his determining efficacy judgments, and I, I can you know find the original uh link so
1: that's good that i mean you know that definitely
0: yeah. I mean, it. I I makes think sense, that model, even
1: today, like it makes sense. I, I like that. I model. think that model yeah.
0: works really, really well. And and one of the things that I like so much about it is because of Shoshana's question. I feel this, too, that how could I possibly be a resource to help others when I'm bad at something myself? Right. And, right. and sometimes that's interpreted as like failing up or, you know, uh, I'm I'm terrible at this thing. Why did I get this promotion? Well, it's because not everything in developing a skill or developing confidence is about just being able to model good behavior right? it's just, there's right. so much more to building a skill than just being able to do it and so um i think that you know we uh, the the other piece we did uh, we just did an episode on on pride on all the feelings and the research in pride is actually an incredible thing it was a inc- absolutely eye opening on what it means to give somebody a sense of pride in what they do no matter how good it is because pride is not about it, it's just, you know we we had the same conversation uh, about uh, dopamine redirection right where it dopamine is not just about hey it feels good to do this thing it's the reinforcing chemical that tells you you're on the right path. And pride is the outward or inward expression of that in an in emotional language. It's I'm proud of what I just did. Therefore, I will continue to strive in that direction. I will continue to work hard to to do the thing that you just told me I was good at and close the gap between my taste in a thing and my ability to do the thing at a high performing level right because we know that when we create like when your kids come home and they give you your their first ashtray right the ashtray like we love it because they did it And they should be proud of that work at that time. And objectively, it's not going to win any awards. But if you tell them how proud you are of that thing and you tell them that the work they did matters, then the next time it will be better because they're striving toward that toward that piece. And that so I I look at at Bandura's uh, model as a follow up to that. This whole thing about verbal persuasion is exactly bullseye on helping somebody feel proud of the work that they've done. And you have so much power in impacting somebody else's trajectory with the words that you use and the time that you use them. And it has made me second guess the last 20 years of my parenting.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So I have a question about pride because, um, Did you guys talk about or when you were doing your research where you can be proud of something, but you almost don't want to share the pride like because it's like you you're you're not embarrassed, but maybe you don't want to sound like you're bragging or that like you you don't want to highlight it for some reason.
0: Yeah, there are there are two uh, there are two kinds of there are two kinds of, of pride, as it turns out. There's authentic pride and hubristic pride, and you can you can see, you can like feel the uh the difference in in between those two, especially when you start th- looking at the words, right? Um, accomplished, confident, triumph, winner, victorious, achievement. Uh, honor, honorific, right? Those are authentic words of pride. Arrogant, conceited, cocky, stuck up, boastful, haughty, egotistic. Those are hubristic pride, right? That's the pride we don't want to, to showcase. And what is such an interesting um, thing is that narcissism is associated with that gap between low self-esteem and high self-esteem, right? If you feel good and proud and you're using those authentic words of pride, then you're likely not a narcissist because you have nothing to prove. You're genuinely proud of the work that you do. And if you have very low self-esteem, you are much more likely to be cocksure in a public situation, to be the annoying person who is using, who is reflected on as the person who is cocky and conceited and stuck up. It's because they have nothing else in their sort of foundational, like, you know, their ego is so fragile because they don't really have, they don't know what it feels like to be proud and so all they have are the words, like the trappings of pride, what pride looks like to them and what they want to achieve. And that is a pitiable place. Right. That's a pitiable place. And it's it, like the it's all wrapped up in like, oh, you just bought, a you know, two hundred thousand dollars sports car. I wonder what you're making up for. Right. That's the joke. Right. And it's it turns out it's yeah. not a joke. It's just the ego that's small. And right. so you have to make up for it with externalities. So I think this research on authentic versus hubristic pride is fascinating and uh, and the power that it has to, um, you know, to to teach. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Look at that little rabbit hole we went down. That was one question. Bring it. And a that in
1: itself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, that's it for this little snippet of the show. It was a great conversation, though. We talked about uh, me walking around in my deceased uncle's shoes. Uh, We talked about, well, we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. So again, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Thanks for your time and your attention. We will catch you next week. And I promise there will be a real show. I just, I am sure of it. There will be a real show next week. On behalf of Nikki Kidzer, I'm Pete Wright. Thanks, everybody.